1: And Rhode Island, jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucloof Speed Test Intelligence Data Fixed Median Download Speeds USQ3
2: 2023. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it.
3: our number one to the get right we' Reggie KG on your home with the Cowboys and World Series champion, Texas Rangers 105-3, the fan, Kevin Gray. Reginald at though? Chris Strong holding it down for here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckwreck.com text line 877-811-053, 877-811-053. If you want to get in on the conversation, we're with you for the next three hours here as we are here to Take you through the rest of this Monday night coming off of the Cowboys hour with the voice of America's team, Brad Shan, Nicole Hutchison, and superstar kicker Brandon Aubrey. Superstar, okay. I mean, when you don't miss a single kick and you're just the best kicker, it feels like, on the planet, and you're the reigning NFC's uh, special teams player of the month.
4: You got there. Mm -hmm. Uh,
3: Yeah, I did. Yeah, that makes you a superstar in this league. So why not?
4: Nah, I don't know about that. How, texting. <laughs> Truckrec.com text line. As you know, we love talking to you on uh, the text line in all these various ways. YouTube, Twitch, all those things are available That's to you. That's right. Um, but text uh, how many superstar kickers do you believe there are in the league? Okay, truly superstar
3: kickers in the league? One. That's right. That would be Justin Tucker. That's correct. Shout
4: out to Texans. That is correct.
3: But, I mean, Brandon Arbor is on his way to superstar status. He's on his way. No.
4: You you want me no. to tell you what my what my Please. just, just created yes. metric for superstar uh, kicker uh-huh, is? Uh-huh. If you can go anywhere in the city and be good in that hood, because I remember I saw <laughs> earlier in the early in this football season, Justin Tucker was around Baltimore. Just <laughs> just walking around and they was taking pictures. Oh yeah. He's they a was hero. handing him stuff. I think he might have kissed a baby. Of course he did. So let, let Brandon Aubrey just walk around all these let's go to Dallas. Let's go to Fort Worth. Let's go all the way. If he can go anywhere and they, he's good in that hood. And we're talking about some superstardom.
3: Let me tell you something. If Brandon Aubrey made a kick to win the Super Bowl, he would not have to ever buy himself a damn thing in his life ever again.
4: He would be a folk hero here in the state of Texas. Okay. Look, it's It's possible. It's possible. I I hear you, especially to win a Super Bowl with if you these want Super Bowl, with these Cowboys yeah, exactly. and the way it's been going. Yeah, um, you yeah, know I I feel you on that, but you got to set them up for that. And right now the way oh. the, the way that the Dallas Philly game, uh, they ain't even give themselves an opportunity yeah. to set them up for some fun stuff. Yeah, what was? Uh, yeah, if I you guess. get your two point conversion, you set them up for an opportunity oh, to do something right. fun at the end of the game. Oh, all right,
3: right? Am I lying though? No, thank not you. Not a single lie told. Cowboys fall, unfortunately. 28 to 23 to Philadelphia. And Lincoln Financial Field Eagles now eight and one on the season. They're into their bye week now as they get ready to take on the Kansas City Chiefs when they come off. Both teams on their bye week of this upcoming week. They'll be on Monday night football in what will be one hell of a showdown in a couple weeks. Cowboys fall to five and three, two and three on the road. Despite the fact that Dak Prescott played a hell of a football game. CeeDee Lamb balling. Tyrant Smith. Coming out the next stinger, look really, really good. There's a lot of things positive about what happened in this game, but you came up just a few plays short, which leads us to our first question and conversation of the night. Did yesterday's game leave you more disappointed or more hopeful? about the Cowboys after losing to Nick Sirianni yeah, and the Philadelphia Eagles.
4: I was really interested in this, yeah. you know, after this game, um also because I don't think I tapped in well enough to like the social media space to see how the layman, the, the Cowboys nation, you know, the average person in this space mm-hmm. felt after that that loss. And I know for me personally and maybe this is just I don't know Hope springing eternal. I, I was kind of hopeful after this game, and maybe oh, maybe okay. it's because I already had a, a little bit of a negative bent. But look, man, the the only good team that the Cowboys really went up against, they got pantsed, right? what well, they ain't just get beat; they got embarrassed, yeah, right. And so this the phil this Philadelphia Eagles team is supposed to be in that class, right? W- with the with the Cowboys, what we're seeing is a team that is obviously good, but only really showed. That level of dominance against bad teams, right? And so I was. It was starting to look like, is this a team that is only going to show that level of play against bad teams? And if that's what we're talking about, then ain't no way we're getting to the places that Cowboys fans expect them to be, which is con- contending deep into the postseason in the NFC. And so this was this was a measuring stick game. Um, you could call it a litmus test, but Dak Prescott might find that a little bit odd for you to use that See, that, yeah, that he has verbage. No
3: idea what that is. That's right.
4: Um, <laughs> And they kind of answered the call in some ways. There was definitely more to be desired when it came to the Dallas uh, Maver- or Dallas Cowboys. Sorry, watching mm-hmm. watching Maverick's basketball while also doing football. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this Dallas Cowboys team, but they played fairly well against this Eagles team. They did not allow themselves to just get bullied in this game. And uh, the offense moved. Uh, Now, it required a lot of Dak Prescott putting that on his shoulders. That's right. But the idea that Dak Prescott was out there putting it on his shoulders, doing it out of structure, and in some ways just saying, if I need to do this this way, I will do it this way, was encouraging for me.
3: Mike McCarthy, are there any moral victors after being so close against Philadelphia yesterday?
2: Uh, I'll say this. I felt last week we kind of turned the corner. You know, I, I'm a huge believer in you, you, you get what you put into it, you know, whether it's life or in a game of football. And and I, I thought our team really hit their stride going into last week's game, played well, did it again this week, uh, came in here, expected, expected to play well and win. So uh, as long as we stay after that, you know, there's a – There's an ebb and flow in every game, but there's, you know, there's a vibe that that gets created when you get into routine and you start building that momentum and so forth. And that's why a win tonight would have been would have have been excellent because because, you know, you get a nice chunk of confidence come out of these wins. But uh, we we know who we are. I mean, there's no there's no excuses. You know, we, we need to we need to we need to make we need to make one more play tonight and we didn't do that. Did you view it as
4: one more play? Like this was just a one more play type game? Is that there you was did at least a few, but I get the
3: point of what he's trying to make. And for me, it leaves me honestly more disappointed. Okay. And the reason being is this is yet another game that you had an opportunity against one of the upper echelon teams in the NFL, especially on the road to be able to make a statement with the win. And more importantly, keep yourself within striking distance in this division. Now, you say, Kevin, the Cowboys are now two and a half games effectively behind the Eagles. And obviously, having lost the first game, the schedule that the Philadelphia Eagles have versus what the Cowboys have over the next three weeks would give you an idea that maybe these two teams, when they meet each other again down the road, that things will be fairly tight at the top of that division. But for me, you made enough plays. It felt like as the course of the game went on to put yourself in position to win. And you simply couldn't close the deal. I could not figure out for the life of me while you had first and five on the Philadelphia Eagles six yard line with 27 seconds to go, and you find a way to not get a damn thing, not a score, nothing, and you lose that football game after all the gifts that the Philadelphia Eagles gave you to get you into that position and the mental mistakes where there was a false start, the. Obviously, the sack that was given up by Terrence Steele, who got repeatedly whooped yesterday. Yeah, they took his lunch money. Completely throughout the course of that game. That left a real bad taste in my mouth about the execution, the poor time management and offensive execution when you had to have it most in that game. And it really shouldn't have come down to that particular moment anyway. We know about a couple of plays with Schoonmaker and Dak Prescott stepping out of bounds on the two-point conversion that really kind of turned some of these things around. But for me, ultimately, you left me disappointed just because of where you are and what a win would have done for you going into these stretch of games where you possibly could go three and oh against the likes of the Giants and others as you get ready for these games.
4: I do find it interesting. And look, I'm not trying to, you know, put down anyone's opinion. I do value a lot of your opinions fairly highly. But I'd find it interesting the folks that are going, and the regular season doesn't matter, and the postseason is what matters. And that game proved that you can't play with the teams that will be in the postseason because I view that actually in the complete opposite way. Mm-hmm. The fact that you did not finish the game obviously leaves a bad taste, and rightfully so. But if you watched that football game and thought that this Dallas team can't play with the likes of these teams, uh, I don't know what you were watching. This is a team that was playing with this Philadelphia Eagles team. And look, you get a few things that bounce your way, and you win that football game. Yeah, now, of for course. Sure you can't depend on those things. And what you would hope is that you were going and taking it, right? As, you know, as we liken it to the the Texas Rangers, right? Mm -hmm. You would hope that you were going and taking it. And so that's a different level. But no, look, after that Niners game, I was starting to look at this team as can they play with teams on this level? This is confirmation of that. And look, I understand that sounds like loser talk or whatever, but like I think that that's the fact of the matter is that, okay, I needed to get some level of proof that they could play on this level, and they can Now – Game management, late in games, still going to be an issue. Execution, mm-hmm. still an issue. Penalties, funny enough, still an issue, right? These are all things that still need to be adjusted. Hey, how about importing a run game of some sort? Like That'd Ooh, be nice, boy. still an issue. But with all of those issues, you were, like you said, 27 seconds and, what, seven yards away yeah. from winning this football game. And I think that that is some level of proof of concept. I'm not saying you have to be happy about that, but I think that they are a lot closer in in, in caliber to the Philadelphia Eagles, who seem to be some level of the cream of the of the crop when it comes to the the NFC. And so, look, I understand some people. That's not going to mean anything to anybody. But where where we started with this from week five, I think that this is that that is an upgrade that makes me feel some level of hopeful with them still having time to somewhere to address this. Do I believe that they will appropriately address that? That's a different conversation, right? Yeah. And that, that that goes into how much do you believe in the the coaching ability? How much do you believe in the players actually executing what's necessary over the final stretches of, these, of this season? Those are all different questions. But, like, I have a general level of hopefulness that at least they could play on the level that they're supposed to be able to play right now.
3: Yeah, and I guess for me, looking at the Cowboys against this particular version of the Philadelphia Eagles, while, yes, they came into the game yesterday with the best record in the NFL, this did not feel like the same Philadelphia Eagle team last year where honestly you were in both of those games and you won one of those games last year. You were in the game on the road with Cooper rush a year ago when this Eagles team theoretically was better last year. So sure. I guess I didn't necessarily need the Cowboys to prove against Philadelphia that they were a team that they could compete with. Cause we've seen them be able to do it in divisional games like this before. Fair enough. My point being, this was a game and an opportunity with all the things that you did well with Dak Prescott cooking CeeDee lamb, being able to put together another game the way that he did defensively, you were okay. You kept your team in this game for the most part, holding down A.J. Brown, holding down Devontae Smith, you know, in certain aspects. This was a game that you felt like there was a moment talk about going and taking it. You had a chance to take it in the end and be able to cap off what I thought was a very well-played football game on both sides based off of the way that the game was flowing. The referees be damned because yeah. that was horrendous officiating on both sides, to be honest. But, again, I want the Cowboys in these moments – to overcome them and start giving confidence to fans that they can't just be in these games, but actually win them. Because what are we going to say when they play Buffalo, when they play Miami?
4: Buffalo, I'm actually not very high on anymore. Well, the, but the, also, Miami, if you want to talk about teams that only beat bad teams.
3: Uh, exactly. <laughs> but again, but these are teams that we consider good football teams. And games that we will look at and say, can you beat certain teams of a certain caliber and you have not been able to do it against San Francisco and now against Philadelphia? When will the turn, the corner be turned when you actually win one of these games versus figuring out things that you did well to hopefully build toward that moment? I'm ready for that moment to happen for this team versus it not happening again yesterday.
4: Yeah, I, I do I do find it interesting, though, that like you get two inches of uh, 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 your your tight end being placed in a different place. Oh man! And I think that people view this game entirely different, and that's that's the cognitive dissonance that I'm feeling in this moment. Is just like you get Dak Prescott stepping three inches inside of a you know uh-huh. of where he does, and I think people feel significantly different about this game, and that's the thing that's weird to me. Yeah, is that you got this level of play. And it really is just, you know, these small things that change the way that we view this. However, like, I understand that it is a game of interest, as mm-hmm. it felt like everybody in the post game <laughs> was saying, um, entirely unironically. Uh, how do you feel about this from the 469 who says the bright spot is pressure won't be coming from Dak's blind side. Uh, and then pressure to his right won't affect him long term. It's uh, it's the unknown at left tackle that would make him force things. How do you feel about that? Knowing that Tyron Smith played a good game, um, even if we don't want him to talk too much about Terrence Steele getting his lunch money taken by uh, Hassan Reddick over time, over time and time again.
3: Yeah, I thought Tyler Smith and Tyron Smith were excellent on the left side yesterday. I thought they were your two best offensive linemen uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday. And the questions being on the right side with Terrence Steele particularly. Now, here's the part that makes me upset about Steele. You know, he, we have known that pass protection not necessarily great, but we've known him to be a really good run blocker that necessarily hasn't been there this year either. And, say, and that, that
4: was that was what made the trade-off worth it
3: is that exactly. you knew that he's gonna
4: go kick somebody's keys during the yes. run game.
3: And that hasn't happened. You say, Kevin, well, he's coming off the torn ACL. He's still working back. There's still time for him to start figuring those things out. Hey man, we're about to be 10 weeks into the NFL season. Something has got to start flipping up for this run game because it was non existent when you needed it inside the six yard line. Even when you didn't need it. Even when
6: you didn't need <laughs> it. It was just non-existent it, just non
3: Nonexistent. So There are things coming out of this game that, yes, the Cowboys did extremely well against the Philadelphia Eagles that can give you some confidence down the road that they can eventually overcome those moments and make enough plays to win games. I just need that to happen. Already. Already. Right. We're too deep into this for this still to be a question about can they win in big moments? So that'll be something that as the week goes on that we'll discuss here, uh, we'll look at because, I mean, we won't necessarily get those answers this upcoming week because they're going to beat. The Giants into submission uh,
4: this upcoming weekend. So we'll figure that out. I was going to ask why specifically you say that, but it's because it's the Giants. I get it. Exactly. Exactly.
3: Uh, it's to get right. Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan from the 469. Cognitive dissonance. Reggie out here with, the, with them big words. Well,
4: you know. I'm sorry.
3: What you apologizing for?
4: I'm trying to make sure that I'm somewhat accessible to the folks. Let them know that the people know what I'm talking about. And I hope that you knew what I was talking about. And if you didn't, I'll try and do better next time. You got a Bucky's hat on. You're accessible. Is that what it takes?
3: I mean, you're a man of the people. You
4: just put on a Bucky's hat and you're...
3: I mean, it's a very nice hat, too. Thank this you. Is this is an incredible-looking hat. Appreciate that. You know, not everybody can pull that hat, hat off. Right, that right, Chris. Look at him. This, he has a hat on. Uh, coming up next here on The Get Right with Reggie here on your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion, Woo! Texas Rangers. MLB free agency is underway. The question is, should the Rangers go about building their roster in rotation this way? Next on The Get Right.
1: we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at t slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at TMobile.com.
3: MLB free agency underway. How should the Rangers go about attacking this offseason when it comes to this particular issue? It's the get right for Reggie KG here on your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion Texas Rangers. the fan, at Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg, at it's if you want to get at us on Twitter. Coming up in 14 minutes, we'll go around the National Football League. Get you caught up on the latest news and notes in and around the NFL, including one that affects the Cowboys opponents this upcoming week. We'll go around the NFL here in about 13 minutes. It is a nine-point lead right now for the Dallas Mavericks as they lead 108-99, pending a Cole Anthony free throw as the Mavericks are trying to Get it done in Orlando with 2.34 left in the fourth quarter. Dallas up 108.99 with about two and a half minutes left there. But MLB free agency is officially underway. The Texas Rangers making some moves as far as their free agency plans begin. The GM meetings beginning today as Chris Young gets back to work for your World Series champion, Texas Rangers, after celebrating the first ever World Series title in franchise history with a massive parade on Friday that had nearly three-quarters of a million people attending said parade, and now the business turns to getting this team ready for 2024, A initial piece of business. Uh, Mitch Garver was not provided a qualifying offer by the Texas Rangers, which would have been in the $20 million or so range as the Rangers begin their offseason moves. Mitch Garver was not provided a qualifying offer so he enters free agency
4: but we did get options on Andrew Heaney and Jose LeClerc who will both returned to your Texas Rangers so mm-hmm. those arms are available to you but the dude who played a lot of DH a little bit of catcher for you and obviously was huge when it came to uh, the postseason Mitch Garver looking like he probably won't return which I mean we've been talking about It kind of makes sense he he in theory made himself a lot of money and this is probably his opportunity, to, last opportunity to get a big contract before you know that, that that career kind of winds down for him. And I feel like with these Texas Rangers, you probably have some opportunities to swing a little higher when it comes to somebody who's going to play primarily DH for you, and then um, maybe have an opportunity to in- integrate some other things at catcher, whether it's seeing if Sam Huff Sam Huff can come up and grab that uh, secondary catching role if Austin Hedges remains. Or if it's something else for you, so I mean, obviously you have to salute Mitch Garver because he's offered you a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of benefit with that bat, and also with his glove um, over this season.
3: And he will be missed to the two one four's point. The grand slam that he hit in game two of the division series against the Baltimore Orioles will be one of the seminal moments of these playoffs, these past playoffs for the Texas Rangers. It'll be interesting to see how he goes about free agency and where he eventually lands. Uh, going into 2024. when you start looking though at MLB free agency and what it means for the Rangers, we're going to hear a lot of big names uh, linked to this team, including, <laughs> <Shohei Ohtani. laughs> uh, about to say including the biggest mm. prize of all in mm. Shohei Otani, where we've heard various reports that the Rangers are the front runner you know, to potentially land Shohei, which... At the okay.
4: very least, they are one of the teams involved in the uh, in the betting
3: mm-hmm. Uh, But the question is, as we look at how this team struggled in the bullpen throughout the course of the year, which eventually became a massive strength for them in the postseason, how does this team know, now go about fortifying their rotation and bullpen while still continuing to remain at the top of one of the best lineups in all of baseball? And what does free agency begin to do in some of those cases?
4: Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's going to be necessary to address the bullpen, but I think you were talking about uh, we were listening to the G Bag Nation earlier, and mm-hmm. they started having some of this conversation. And being aggressive when it comes to the starters, like some of what Chris Young uh, did at the trade deadline, the trade deadline, rather, mm-hmm. might need to be a, a continued approach where you make sure that your starters are some level of strong. To help your bullpen out obviously your bullpen is going to need to be addressed you can't go through a, another season having the likes of three or four you know pitchers out of the pen that you can depend on that is not viable for a season this robust having 162 games plus as you're probably going to be expecting to be in the postseason again but I think that it, it's going to be important to make sure that you have a very strong rotation um because that's that that's a majority of your innings there, and if you have that um, at a robust rate, one thing that we also know, uh, bullpens year to year isn't something that is mm-hmm. necessarily uh, something that you can predict. And then also at the trade deadline, if you are a buyer, um, bullpens are bullpen arms are one of the most accessible uh, options that you can add there. So I think that those are things that you obviously you want to look at in this winter, but you also can address over time starters is something that you need to address in this winter
3: yeah you start thinking about the rotation for this team going into 2024 yes Max Schurz is gonna be back as a part of this team but we know the injuries can be a concern for him especially at this stage of his career
4: and uh, I mean he he figured some things out with that slider once he got here from uh the Mets but Shout out to Mike Maddox. I mean, he's 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 advancing age, and if that slider does not come back, it mm-hmm. does. We see the ways that it affects his uh, his um, ability to be effective on the mound.
3: Yeah, and you're hoping that you retain Jordan Montgomery, who has earned himself a massive payday for him after the postseason that he had in the second half that he had coming to the Texas Rangers. You know, during the trade deadline, and if you're a believer in the idea that the rotation, as strong as it can be, to help alleviate the use of your bullpen, which in a lot of ways, I think, as the Rangers went on, as the season went into the postseason, your guys at the top with Nathan Evaldi and Jordan Montgomery able to shorten gains for your bullpen by going deep into games, going five, six, seven innings to really help save your bullpen. Maybe that's some of the strategy that Chris Young looks to take into this offseason as, as well. When you look at a guy like Aaron Nola, star, of course, for the Philadelphia Phillies at 30 years of age, one of the best pitching Um, you know, free agents on the market this offseason, could that be a route for the Rangers to say, look, let's take another swing at a big time free agent pitcher that can come in and be able to work deep into the games that way that saves us, you know, our bullpen a little bit going forward in the 2024 as well.
4: And it's worth noting when it comes to this, uh, this free agency period um, of the free agents, you've got you know, relatively deep uh, class of starting pitchers in that. When you talk about Aaron Nola, you mentioned Jordan Montgomery, Sonny Gray, Blake Snell are all available, um, notable names.
3: Both Cy Young Award finalists this year, too.
4: Right? So uh, there are some arms out there available for the getting. It's not just this theoretical thing. There are some folks out there. So I think being aggressive and getting, obviously if you could bring back Jordan Montgomery and maybe get another arm, I think that that could be incredibly helpful in one, making sure that you have a really solid um starting rotation but then also one of the things that it does is which we saw in the postseason is allows you to push some of those starters that you would that would be into the pen and those guys can be the likes of maybe an Andrew Heaney or a Dane Dunning Mm -hmm. that were fantastic for you and if they needed to be starters they can be solid fourth fifth starters but maybe even more so they could be really good arms for you out of the pen and that way you kind of bolster your bullpen as well
3: and you're looking at this rotation going into next year and we saw John Gray who did a phenomenal job this postseason making the transition from starter to reliever. I would think he goes back into your starting rotation there, so you're looking at sure, the absolutely, Scherzer, Jordan Montgomery, Nathan Evaldi, John Gray as your four starters, you know, as part of that rotation, and then what you do with the mixing and matching of Heaney, or if you add another arm in this offseason, you've got a pretty good four or five guys at the top of your, in your rotation that you can feel good about to be able to put together ball games throughout the course of a season. And if you're still obviously with the role Chapman, you know, Jose Leclerc, who we know is coming back next year as well. And Josh Spores, who we look, does he eventually become your closer? You have a setup situation with Leclerc and Josh Spores being able to be your eighth and ninth inning guys. And you say, see you later, you know, to roll this Chapman in that way. Maybe.
4: Well, I mean, the less that you have to rely on Araldis Chapman yeah. in- individually, and I think, I guess, I probably shouldn't put in that framework. Is just you want to have more arms available. One thing about Bruce Bochy is that he's shown that he's masterful with a bullpen, and I'm not just talking about this last year. Obviously, over the course of his career as a manager, he has been masterful dealing with the bullpen, and when you have an artist of that sort... Give them a lot of brushes, give them a lot of tools, and then you give self you give them more opportunities to give you a masterpiece. And I think that's one thing that the Rangers are hoping to and should be hoping to do and focused on doing because the lineup is really good, and you still have the likes of Wyatt Langford coming up. And again, mm-hmm. <coughs> Shohei Otani. Um, so look, you you can you you are a lot closer to that being a completely fully formed project for you. Um, as this was a this was one of the best lineups, definitely the the best lineup in the postseason. Um, Best
3: lineup in the American League all season statistically.
4: So, you absolutely, I think that focusing on your pitching to have more complete baseball, if I could borrow a term, Mm -hmm. I think is is going to be the objective, at least if I was the GM, which you know what you should be happy about that I'm not, because Chris Young seems to be really good at this.
3: And that's the fun part about having won the World Series now is the aggressiveness at which you can go about this offseason to fill in the needs that you have. But more importantly, the desire for players to want to come to your organization because, Hey, you're the latest team to have won the world series and you bolster one of the best team or one of the best lineups, if not the best lineup in the American league, and maybe in all of baseball going into, which offers
4: a level of support for any Mm -hmm. pitchers that I imagine is, is attractive. But yes, Jacob DeGrom should be back mid season. Hopefully. Yeah. But uh, I think this is a, this is a team that has shown a level of aggression that makes me think they are not necessarily simply hoping on that. Uh, but, no, that is fair. Like, you obviously want to be smart with your resources, but one thing that seems that seems like Ray Davis has gotten to the point of is what, KG? Uh, spend that money, Ray. And I, I feel like being having a level of certainty might win out in that regard. Could you imagine if he drops a
3: billion dollars between um, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager? I mean, and- has,
4: any, has any car kind of already? Oh, well, no, he had the half billy. Yeah. And then you talking about adding Shohei for another half billy? Another
3: half bill? Okay.
4: Yeah. It's not my money.
3: And it sure ain't.
4: Not if, mine either. If it was, the check would bounce like <laughs> like Spalding, brother. Like Spalding. <laughs> it's the – Oh, from the 214, no thanks. Rangers
3: already have enough people with big paychecks who can't stay healthy. Ooh, okay. Maybe, maybe not. It's the Get Right of Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Coming in next to go around the National Football League where this quarterback is done for the season and the Cowboys are going to work out this wide receiver? Next on the Get Right.
0: That's code H E R O 10 for 10% off at hero.co. Leading ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, and do King. The King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's leading ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.
3: About to go around the NFL here on The Get Right. We're Reggie KG here on 105 Through the Pan. You're home with the Cowboys and World Series champion Texas Rangers. Kevin Gray, Reginald Attula. Chris Strong, holding the dial for you here. We appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckred.com text line, 877-881-1053. We're also live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash DallasFanCam and on YouTube as well. Search 105 through the fan on YouTube and hit the subscribe button while you are there. Coming up at the top of the hour, uh, Mavs get the win in Orlando. We'll recap that game and ask a question about this defense after the Mavericks Overcome a 15-point deficit to win by 15 on the road, 117-102 over Jamal Mosley and the Orlando Magic. We'll talk a little magic at the top of the hour here on the Get Right.
4: I feel like we should also give an update on your Dallas Stars who are taking on hosting the uh, Boston Bruins. The Bruins have the better of the Stars right now. They lead two goals and nil or none. Um, I'm Sorry, I got in my soccer bag for a second. Mm-hmm. As it looks like the, the that will likely be the score. As they head towards the second intermission.
3: By the way, apparently, a Brandon Aubrey is a uh, is an Arsenal fan.
4: I mean, that's fine.
3: I mean, we all can't be perfect, I guess.
4: Look, I my biggest thing when it comes to what fans of certain teams, particularly soccer, is like, who got you there? Like who who was the impetus for this? Oh man you you tell me uh, you tell me are Henry we're
3: on good right. turns. All right,
4: I I understand how to that have that's an easy that's a cop out though. That's an easy answer. What do you mean cop that? out. You, just, you saw how good he was. I, I mean, you That yeah. to make anybody be a fan. <laughs> Terry Henry was Shit. a problem.
3: Shout out to Haley Sutton. She's a big Arsenal fan.
4: In fact, I'm going to text her that question. I would never ask her. <laughs> We're going to get that answer on air.
3: <laughs> Let's go around the NFL, Chris, here. On your home of the Cowboys 105. You know who got there for me for Manchester United? Who's that? Rio Ferdinand. That's
4: not a bad one. Yeah,
3: Rio. That was my guy, not man. Not a bad
4: one. Oh, he was so
3: good. I miss him. So good. Um, apparently, the, the Giants go though are going to miss their quarterback
4: which one Tommy um, DeVito um,
3: no Tyrod Taylor uh, well he's on IR2 uh, he'll be joined by Daniel Jones who suffered a torn ACL against the Las Vegas Raiders in that ass whooping that they got from Vegas yesterday so Daniel Jones done for the season by the way he went down not once but twice
4: Untouched. In non-contact yeah yeah which made it very evident oh he is this is cooked like, I mean, and of course I am no doctor and neither should I play one on TV, right? Like I, <laughs> I, I am not the person that you turn to for medical advice is particularly just watching off of a TV screen, but I, it did not take any level of uh medical experience nor uh medical degree to be able to look and see while he was just, you know, giving himself up that, Oh, this is a problem. Like that, that does not look like a good deal for them. And it apparently wasn't ACL injury uh, done for the season. And I believe, let me make sure that I get these right, because I was about to say it, and I was like, I actually don't recall that seeing that specifically. He will end the season with two touchdowns and six interceptions. And remember that he just this offseason inked a four-year $160 million deal. Those two things aren't necessarily related, but, you know, just all the details.
3: I don't want y'all ever to say to me ever again that Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. Don't y'all ever say that again, ever in your life.
4: Oh, you want to get righteously indignant so we don't point bring up the point that you said that – uh Brian Dable was fixing him.
3: He fixed him for a year.
4: That's not how fixing works, KG. Well, it
3: got him to the playoffs and won as many playoff games as the Cowboys did. Not dude. how
4: fixing works, KG. Look, Brian Dable can't throw the ball for him. Anyway. But y'all was talking like he could. What you mean? How are you gonna take that stance after you're like he's fixing the number? I'm not doing this with you. <laughs> I'm not doing this
3: with you. Uh, by the way, it was the uh, the right knee that he tore the ACL in. As Brian Dable saying, "Quote: All I know is that he has a torn ACL right now. Obviously, surgery will ensue." But I don't know when that will be, end quote. Shout out to, come on down, uh, Tommy DeVito. You're the star of the quarterback now room of the New York football Giants. Any relation to Danny? Do we know that?
4: I have no. Any relation to Danny DeVito? No No? idea. Uh, All I have is a little word of advice for that young man. Always. And I do mean always. Keep your head on a swivel for number 11 because it's going to be a problem if you don't. It's gonna be real problems if you don't. Real life issues.
3: Welcome to the NFL, where you get to see arguably the most terrifying defender, who literally just is like a lion sometimes, in uh, Michael Parsons. Do you
4: know who his backup is? The backup for Tommy DeVito. Yeah, I guess that would be the emergency kicker, right? Or, or emergency quarterback? <laughs> did they not emergency kicker? Uh, the emergency quarterback. Did they add another quarterback to the roster? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. See, I have no idea who they ended up getting.
3: Are you familiar with the uh, name Matt Barkley? Okay, uh, that'll work. Will it? He's been there before. He's definitely been there before, but working?
4: Uh, No. I mean, look. I don't know if that'll work. Nothing. The starting quarterback didn't work there. What you mean? (laughs) (laughs) So, like, work as much as they will have a quarterback that uh, you will look like a quarterback. Although, look. I think the emergency situation, if Tommy DeVito had also gone the way of injury, would have been to, like, Saquon Barkley in the uh, Wildcat, which, hey, y'all should probably consider that a little bit more seriously. <laughs> right? Like, get the ball to your best player right off the jump.
3: <laughs> Do you know how down bad you got to be? to be like, Hey, Saquon, hey, can you get out here and run this Wildcat for us real quick? Come on, man. Uh, speaking of down bad, are the Cowboys really down bad at receiver this badly to work out Martavius Bryant? What, so they cannot not throw him the football?
4: <laughs> I was just I, – I saw the name Martavius Bryant. And I was like, where have I seen that before? Last played in the league in 2018. I was like, oh, okay, that's when. First of all, shout out to Diana Rossini who found the most random
3: nugget ever – the fact that the Cowboys are going to work out Martavius Bryant. Real
4: reporting hours. No, no, must Capital be. J journalism. Because who the hell was looking for that one? No idea whatsoever. Some, You know what, <laughs> you know what had to happen? She got an email. She got a text message <laughs> from an agent like, hey, just letting you know this is happening. And for good measure, the Cowboys are working them out. So, you know, there's some interest in it. Because They le- must be doing him a solid, right? There's no real consideration to actually I have no sign idea. him, right? I have no idea why they do this. None whatsoever. Like, okay. Can I let's let's play a little bit of imagination uh, theater here. Let's say it's Martavis Tavis Bryant getting a workout with the Los Angeles Rams. Does anybody care? No. OK, fantastic. No.
3: Uh, but yeah, this is going to happen. Apparently, I
4: honestly didn't realize he. Well, I mean, obviously, I didn't know he, he wasn't in the league because I wasn't seeing him. But he got suspended not once, not twice, but thrice.
3: Yeah, archaic marijuana, you know, policy, you know. And oh, this is
4: off of the weed. Yeah, it's off the weed. Okay.
3: Yeah, yeah. So you know. Um, yeah, free my man's then. He has a place since 2018. That's the like
4: thing. He has a place since 2018. And that's crazy because, like, are we doing the thing where it's like 2010 was 10 years ago? No, no, no. Like, to, to, he he hasn't played in four, five seasons. At in this in point? the
3: NFL, because good point from the he did play in the XFL last He did season play in the last year, XFL
4: last year, which is not the NFL. <laughs> no good observation that's wild bro. he's 31
3: yeah man I, I don't know what's going on here I really don't but Stephen Jones today on KNC saying that uh, quote he's a guy that's a big strong fast receiver that will certainly take a look at him quote
4: just is this just like put him on the practice squad just to have him there again for who for what I don't
3: know why I'm getting this charged up about a receiver. Maybe I'm well, because, okay, because I, you're I'm – Well, because you're mad. Actually, you know what? Okay, you got – I saw I figured it out on the fly. I figured it out because this would be the organization who didn't do a damn thing at the trade deadline. It was like, hey, let's make some news that we're actually doing something around here and bring in a dude who literally hasn't played an NFL game since 2018. That's like so salt like, in the wound at this point.
2: Yeah, salt like, in the, it, don't do anything at the trade deadline. Bring in this nobody. 2018 now hold on we're not gonna call him nobody
3: because right, everybody's say, somebody so, exactly. in god's eyes okay uh, wow
4: he went preacher
3: man
2: on you
4: <laughs> but at the same no, time not, that's not even preacher man that's 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 your auntie and, you know everybody goes just, to every church look, service look
3: everybody is somebody in the eyes of god okay he
4: said uh, bless bless his heart is yeah, what he uh, said <laughs> <laughs> that was so disrespectful
3: bless your heart martavis that is something grandma would say bless bless your heart baby bless your heart but yeah, I, I don't get it man but this would be the team to give him a workout i i don't know i don't know. As we continue around the NFL mm.
4: uh, here on the get right. Yes. Uh,
3: so Atlanta's going to continue with Taylor Heineke as their starter there?
4: Yeah, a couple of interesting uh, starts uh, that we've gotten, interesting information. The Jonathan Gannon, who was the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, made it clear that uh, Kyler Murray will start for the Arizona Cardinals against the Atlanta Falcons. Yay. Um, so I guess they're, that's remedied. Or nice. Maybe they they just decided the Clayton Toon experiment was not uh, worth it. Um <laughs> And the one that is interesting, yes, is the Atlanta Falcons, who, again, will be playing the Arizona Cardinals this next week, decided that they're going to stick with Taylor Heineke, continuing Arthur Smith's run. Uh, who, what What are you doing? Uh, moves. I almost cussed there. I was close. Um, Good job. Because we still haven't seen B. John Robinson do hardly anything in the last few weeks. Uh, Drake London was injured, but like they don't like throwing the ball to Drake London or, or Kyle, Kyle Pitts. Pitts. I I'm like, I, you know who probably hates Arthur Smith? Their general manager. Like, what am I getting these players for? What why am I getting these players for if you're not gonna use them? What's my man's name? Terry Fontenot. he's the GM. That that you was know, the last and, name that I remembered. Is and, that is he Atlanta? Still the, is he still the guy?
3: Okay, you you know what? Again, it is Terry Fontenot. Okay, because again, everybody is somebody in the eyes of God. But at the same time, Arthur Smith looks like the dude who should be your substitute accountant who got fired on Tuesday. Substitute accountant? Like he doesn't look like he needs to belong anywhere near your money or anything that comes to making decisions about anything.
4: You got substitute accountant? You, you get the point you here. You can't just wait for your accountant to come back. No. Nope. Off a day
3: off? No, nope, because you got to ha- hire somebody to do your taxes. Somebody.
4: Where'd your accountant go?
3: He got fired. I guess I don't know. He's a substitute.
4: Isn't know. that more concerning that your your accountant got fired? Exactly, that you had to turn to that guy. Now, I'm saying, what is your actual your first accountant doing that they got fired? Did they, is well, it Ponzi you know. scheme? Did they made off? <laughs> DJ Envy would know something about that. All right, okay. <laughs> uh but yeah, I don't know why he still
3: has that job. That's right. That's who he is. Good call, two one four. He's Paul Blart. He will forever be now known as Paul Blart, the mall football coach. Got it. Paul Blart. I just don't
4: know why he doesn't like good football players.
3: He doesn't look like he could coach, does he? Not look like a. Does he look like an NFL coach to you?
4: Oh, so now are we just doing judgments off of people's faces.
3: Yeah, he doesn't give face of a football coach. He gets face of a mall cop. We're being
2: disrespectful that's, this segment. That's I very mean,
4: judgmental of you. I thought in that the was eyes UK. of UKG. First yeah.
3: of all, here's the other thing too. My man hustling backwards. He must really wanted to work to be an NFL head coach. Because
4: do you know who his daddy is? Is the, the dude who founded FedEx? or The man who the created C- FedEx. Yeah, something like that.
3: Hey, man, look. He wanted to make his own name, I guess, huh? They got to do something for, to spend, pass the time. Because Let me tell you something. I've been trust fund, baby. Hey, daddy, yeah. I'm not working for real. Are you kidding me? My dad found FedEx, and you want to work 18 hours a day as a maniacal head coach in the NFL. Come on, man. Uh, no, from the 972, Paul Blart is already taken. That's the Raiders quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. Does he really look like Paul Blart?
4: I honestly don't know what Aiden I thought O'Connell he looked like Derek like Carr, to be
3: honest with you. They did side-by-side side of Derek Carr and Aiden O'Connell. I thought it was the same person. I was like, what, what happened here? They're starting Derek Carr again? Are we
4: doing a thing where everybody who has a mustache is a mall cop? Is that what y'all are doing here? Well, no. Arthur Smith looks particularly like Paul Blart. Because you can just say cop. Like, why are you saying mall cop? It feels like that's the law enforcement look is the is that mustache. Is yeah. it not? I
3: mean... Especially yeah. if you get the handlebars. Then
4: you're going to Oh, the it. handlebars. Mm-hmm. You're a handlebar
3: mm-hmm. mustache guy. Would you...
4: Am, am I a hand? Would you? Would you be? Stop asking stupid questions.
3: <laughs> I was going to say, Reg, don't rope me
4: into this. I was
3: going to say, on, you, uh, Chris... Say, wh- wh- oh, oh, you are... Well,
4: you know... Mm. All right. Let's take this to break at this point. Now okay. we're just doing mustache judgments. That's how we go around the NFL.
3: <laughs> uh, speaking of judgment, this map's defense is horrendous. But... They were actually okay tonight in the second half. We'll tell you how next.
1: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.